banish the black, burn the blue, and bury the beige. From now on, girls, think pink. Think pink when you shop for summer clothes. Think pink. Think pink if you want that kelp the shows. Red is dead, blue is through, green's obscene, brown's taboo, and there is not the slightest excuse for plum abuse or chartreuse. Think pink, forget that Dior says black and rust. Think pink, who cares if the new look has no bust? Now, I wouldn't presume to tell a woman what a woman ought to think, but tell her if she's got to think. Think pink. For bags, pink for shoes, razzle, dazzle, spread the news. Thanks for the lady, which was the bee. Thanks for all the family. Try pink shampoo. Pink toothpaste too. Play in pink all day in pink. Play day in pink. Thrive in pink, come alive in pink, and die in pink. everyone and welcome to the latest edition of Richard Skipper Celebrates. Who or what are you celebrating today? Today it's Think Pink Day. Everything is all about pink. Now let me explain what this day is about. Uh, normally when there is a color associated with a certain day, uh, it's to commemorate uh, something such as gun violence or uh, AIDS or uh, breast cancer or any of those things. And those things are all very important. And we have taken the time to uh, acknowledge all of those on this show. But today we are celebrating the color pink uh, for no other reason than the fact that today is about celebrating the color. Uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, just one of those things that uh, makes people smile. It makes people feel good. And I have, uh, well, I have a couple of people waiting in the wings. Uh, we were, uh, and I hope if she can hear me, uh, Elena Bennett disappeared. Uh, I don't know what's happening with her Mac, but she's back. So I'm going to bring her on uh, because Alan picked number three, door number three, and that's Elena Bennett. Hello, Elena. 
Hello, Richard, my dear. How, How are, are you? you? I'm doing great. Think pink. Please forgive me. My Mac is having some trouble. Well, we, uh, we to, uh, what's going on? To get side of you here. Um, oh, keeps going. Do you, I, I can call back with, try back with the iPhone. Why don't you try back with your iPhone? Yeah. And in the meantime, yeah. I will bring you on a little later in the show and okay. uh, just uh, log out completely and come back with your iPhone. Turning down the light brightness and turning off the volume. Okay. Turn it I don't off. know why it doesn't want to do this. Let me yeah. try the phone. We're okay. off to an amazing start, everyone. You, but hopefully you're saying okay. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to remove her, and I'm going to bring on Lois. Hello, Lois. Hi. Think pink. <laughs> I didn't get the memo until later, and I went, oh, my gosh. I'm glad that I'm like a clothes, a clothes horse because I had a whole pink collection. So thank Not you. Not only did you have the pink, but you've got the sparkle and you're all about sparkle. I, I always began, you know, my shows by asking my guests, who or what are you celebrating? Who or what are you celebrating today? Well, I am, you know, I am celebrating, I'm going to be really honest because that's who I am and that's what I do. It is not our yay, woo, everything wonderful is happening that often gives us the best lessons. Mm -hmm. It is the, uh, well, my loicism is great gift, lousy wrapping. So I had a couple of lousy wrappings with technology and I overcame them and I let go of the conversation. And now you and I are connecting and it is our classrooms, right? We all have these wonderful and sometimes not so delicious classrooms, but it's the transforming them where the real victory happens. So I'm grateful for being on the show. I'm so grateful to reconnect with you, Richard. It's been years. It's been years. And, and you're just a light in the world. Um, I'm celebrating that I have an absolute sweetheart, my pandemic prince, Mr. Marty. He's on the call and he's excited. Uh, I'm excited because I get to do work that I love. I'm excited about my Let's Get It Handled Day. I can go on and on about what I'm excited well, about. Well, I'm a huge fan of yours, and I was Thank thrilled you. when you uh, said yes, because I've asked you in the past, and you're normally so busy that we can't get you here. Uh, I am fading out for a reason. Uh, there seems to be something wonky going on today. Do you see how I'm fading out for a moment? I am. I am going your to personality but I can, uh, I'm going to show you, because I was discussing something with you earlier uh, called eyeglasses, and I'm going to show you how this works. So I'm going to click on eyeglasses and I click on focus and that should put me right in focus. Ah! Oh my right? God. See, it's an, it's the magic. Uh, my dear friend, Matt Berman, if you're out there anywhere watching Matt, he is a Broadway lighting and uh, camera technician. And he taught me about this app uh, called eyeglasses, I which I recommend. It. I don't get any kickback anyone, but if anyone is interested in doing this, that is the platform to use. Um, and it will help you with everything. And I learned the hard way. I used to have a green curtain in the background and I told you it was changing everything uh, into uh, a green screen. Uh, but you know, you brought you brought up something that I wanted to talk about. Uh, I have a dear friend, David Friedman, and David Friedman uh, has a practice and a book called The Thought Exchange. And one of the things that he talks about is how we replace thoughts uh, with uh, other thoughts. For example, if we are stuck in traffic, rather than sitting there going, "Oh my God, I got to get there! I got to get there! I got to get there!" You're stuck in traffic. Accept it. 
you're stuck in traffic, uh, getting frustrated, getting upset, uh, getting agitated is not going to get you there any faster. Nope. And I will tell you, it were. I mean, I've learned to deal with it. I have no control over it. If I'm going to be, if I'm late getting to something, I, I give myself plenty of time. Absolutely. I have no control over it. If you are having technical issues, you're having technical issues. You can't, you know, why get frustrated over this? Totally. But I want to talk about your uh, courage to sparkle. Sure. And, you know, and this is a, a new book, am I correct? Oh, well, actually, it's it's sort of a unofficial second printing okay. uh, where I added a new forward and I spruced it up. Thank you so much, my little book child there. Yeah, so much has happened in the last seven years. Uh, it, it's almost like seven, seven years and... COVID years is like 15. And so I wanted to give it, and I'm, I'm actually going, the re-release is going to be just called the audacious guide to creating a life that lights you up because so many men resonate as much as women. And they were like, excuse me, hashtag real men sparkle. So that's why I'm releasing it without the gender pronoun, because I feel like we're all hungry to sparkle. It's so easy to be on dimmers. And so, yes, I'm re-releasing it. It's coming out next month in it with a little spruced up cover without the subtitle being gender specific. And I'm very excited. And a new forward and a couple of new updates. So I'm very excited about it. Well, when the book is ready, you'll come on. We'll do a full hour devoted to the book. I would love that, Richard. Well, that would be awesome. That. So what makes you sparkle? Well, oh my gosh, so much. I, I want to just go back, if you don't mind, no, to what ahead. David said, because... I created a technique called seven sassy words that will change your life. That's very um, germane to what David said is that it's a simple process. I do it myself and my clients. When you are confronted with an upset, you take a moment to say, what is my belief that is behind the upset? I ask myself seven simple words. Does it serve me to believe this seven words? And then I say, no. And I said, what would it serve me to believe? I put in the new belief and I said, what is an action that supports the belief? And that is my seven sassy words that will change your life. So I love that you brought that up with David um, because that's what it is. Our, our, what we tell ourselves about ourselves, create our beliefs, our beliefs, create our thoughts, our thoughts, create our outcomes and our experience. So, well, one of my favorite books is, uh, and I can't wait to get your new updated book, yeah. but one of my favorite books is the four agreements. And two of the agreements are never make assumptions and, you know, well, I'll go through them. Never uh, make assumptions. Uh, don't take it personally. It's not about you. Right. And always be impeccable with your word. Mm, and, so I, and that is what makes me sparkle. When people are impeccable, with yes. word, when people show up, when people, uh, you know, are there, uh, not only, I, I don't think it's a matter of just being there for me. It's right. a matter of being there for themselves. Absolutely. Yes. And you, you are impeccable about that. Um, I really feel that. And um, just your facility to be able to shift. Uh, absolutely. What makes me, there's so many things to answer your question that make me sparkle. I have to say the one thing that breaks my heart open is kindness. When I experience kindness and I, I witness one person being kind to another. Richard, I, I, my eyes fill up. It is my hope for humanity. Me too. When I experience kindness in small and big ways, 
I just, I, 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 it may sound a little overdramatic, but I have hope for the human, uh, for the human condition. I, yes, it just, I am so glad you said that. I mean, just, you know, uh, yesterday when we found out about the lives lost at sea and mm-hmm. all of a sudden memes started popping up on the internet uh, that were making fun of this. Uh, there were people that were making jokes about the fact that these were billionaires that were doing this. These were people who were living their lives. They were people who were doing what they wanted to do with their life. Yeah. And this is what we all desire. Uh, and none of us should be uh, vilified no. or attacked. I mean, any of us. I mean, no. walking out the door every day, especially in today's world, is Absolutely. a risk. And, uh, you know, and we all should be living our lives to the fullest. And, uh, you know, and I mentioned before we went live that last night I was lying in bed. I was thinking about my upcoming show in Provincetown. This is my little plug. Uh, I'm excited. I can't wait to hear about it. On August 5th. And I'm thinking, you know, this year marks my 44th year. In wow. Europe. Incredible. I'm going to be, you know, I'm 62 I don't have 44 more years left. And so I want to make the most of these 44 years that I can possibly make. And, uh, you know, and I thank you for all the work you're doing. I want to get Elena back on for a moment. Sure. Uh, hopefully she's on her phone. But before we do, I want to give everyone a little sample of what you do. Here sure. it is. Hello, fabulous fierce ones. Lois Barth here, here to celebrate and let you know about my next program coming up, which is Lois's Let's Get It Handled Day. The theme is Getting Real with Time, and the date is July 12th, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. It is a virtual co-working space where you can get things handled, get accountability, support, laser coaching, and it's really affordable and accessible, and people have already had great results. My inspiration, my mom, Edie. We'd go around the dinner table and every night she'd say, ah, you're not going to believe what I didn't accomplish today. And she would go in painstaking and often hilarious details what she wanted to do, but more importantly, what got in the way. And at the end of these long diatribes, she'd say, and that's why we're having TV dinners instead of a brisket, because, and everybody would chime in, you're not going to believe what I didn't get done. And we would all laugh and sometimes applaud. And there was always a sadness in my mother's face and her eyes and a resignation in her spirit. And I often thought as a child and a a young adult, what would have happened if she put that much, even half that energy into what she wanted to accomplish, into what might get in the way and get the support that she needed to get over those obstacles. So that's what prompted me to create the Let's Get It Handled Day. Last month was a blazing success. People had so many breakthroughs, both personally and professionally, what they got done. I hope you'll join me. Uh, There is a link in the notes and more information. And hey, thanks for tuning in versus tuning out because the world needs right now people who are tuned in. Life is short. Life is precious. Sparkle now. Come to the Let's Get It Handled Day and I'm going to show you how. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. I love that. I want to see if I can get there. You know, it's so funny that you, I love what you said about your mom and the fact that she would say, you're not going to believe what I, yesterday, uh, you know, we have a local community uh, Mm -hmm. bulletin board and someone wrote, as expected, this new 
uh, parking lot has impacted my business. And I said, get what you manifest. If you were expecting this parking lot to manif- uh, to impact your business, it could have met in a- impacted your business in a positive way, if that's what you were looking for. Find a way to get the word out through kiosk in the parking lot, whatever you can do to get the word out. And it's so easy for everyone to sit back and go, oh my God, you won't believe what's happening. So I'm going to bring our next guest on. And- Great. But before I do, I always have um, a little game that I play with my oh, guests. Sure. Oh, I love it. I have three mystery cards. So pull a number one through three. I don't know mm-hmm. what they are. Okay. Two. Two. And it says, oh, I can't believe we're talking about this earlier. When you die, what do you want to be remembered for? Ooh, I love that. What a great luscious legacy question. I think what I want to, I want people to feel two things. I want them to feel that they have permission to be self-expressed in the world because of my work and any messaging or tools I gave them. And I want them to have the courage to go for that, what I call makes them deliciously uncomfortable in service of what makes them sparkle. So permission to be self-expressed their authentic, juicy self, and then courage to go for that, which both scares and excites them, but makes them grow. It's a beautiful question. Thank you. That's great. Well, I am going to bring on our next guest. Hopefully everything is working out. And I want to share something here. Um, She, along with Fred Barton, the incredible, fabulous Fred Barton, they uh, are they've been doing Tuesday nights uh, at uh, Pangea, and they are going to be there again this Tuesday night. And uh, God willing, I am going to be there as well. And I think this is going to be a little reunion, if I'm not mistaken, for all of us who used to stand around and sing at the piano at uh, 88s. Am I right, Elena? You are right, Richard, my dear. And you, I'm you made thrilled. It. I'm thrilled that I've managed to get here, and I'm thrilled that you're going to come to us on Tuesday. That is just some of the most delightful news ever. Thank you. Well, what is even more delightful is hearing you sing, because you have this voice from the from the gods. Uh, I was sending you, and I'm so glad that we connected through Facebook. I left Facebook for a while, and I just came back. Uh, after five months, um, and I needed to do that. For, it was cathartic for me. Uh, but I just came back to Facebook, and I reached out to you through Facebook uh, because I'd been sending you emails that were never getting to you, I found out. Uh, Lady oh, oh. Moms is not your email anymore. Well, you, if you yes, but it's probably a different server from the last time. It's not Earthlink anymore. Right. It's a Gmail. So. Okay. But but, the lady, email, but but message me on Facebook or text me always, darling. It's great. much better. I get such so inundated with emails that I often miss important things like like dear friends. So let me ask you, what is it? Uh, and I already know for myself because I, he's the best in the business. But what is it? You and Fred have had a long, long. You've been together. Uh, there you are. Uh, you've been together longer than most marriages. This is very true. Mm. And it is very much a marriage and a really great one. Um, 
So what's the secret? What is it about, because uh, one of my favorite words in this business, and I'm sure Lois will agree with me, I love collaboration. Likewise. I love when two people come together and ideas start bouncing off of each other. Isn't that the best thing? That's the best thing in the world for me. And uh, But what is it about the collaborative process with you and Fred? Honestly, uh, if you've ever read your liner notes in A Wrinkle in Swing Time, there's a it starts off with his story of how we met. And uh, he had just gotten back from L.A. and was rather disillusioned and came in and heard me singing uh, Rogers and Hart, uh, I'll Tell the Man in the Street, um, which is a spectacular song that not that many people do, do it. But uh, I had Joel Silberman, I think, playing for me that night. And if you remember him, the late Joel Silberman, fantastic musician, wonderful man. Um, so, of course, he knows great, great, unusual things. Uh, and uh, Fred was just staring at me. I didn't know who he was. And then people came up to me, like the late Jay Rogers, great. Like, That's Jay great. was my director, you know, for my last show that I did. Oh, God, what a brilliant, wonderful, perfect human being. And I will start to cry as mm -hmm. um, But so people, Jay and Rochelle Selden and all the people who were there, they were like, that's Fred Barton. He's like a huge deal. He's wonderful. And you would love him. My God, he's totally your type of music. And so it ended up that they asked him to, to sub one day that my pianist didn't show up or, or was on tour or something. And uh, he did. And he would start playing something and I'd start singing it because he was playing. We both love, love, love Ella Fitzgerald. And uh, so tons of these great songs that she recorded uh, for Decca and, and uh, you know, Chick Webb yeah. later on. So we, we just, you know, things like Careless, uh, Imagination, just a, a baby doll, never was a baby, uh, day in, day out, all this stuff. And he would start playing the Nelson Riddle arrangements of things that, for the song books that she did with him, uh, the ones that he arranged. And um and we just like immediately knew what the other one was doing. And it was so much fun that we we kept doing it. <laughs> and uh, and well, I wouldn't rather do it with anybody else. Let's go back to that moment for a moment. Lois and I were talking a few moments ago about these things that happen that we get so upset about. And uh, my upcoming show in Provincetown, uh, Michael Mackesy was scheduled to play for me. And on Memorial Day, he called me up and said, Richard, I am very sorry, but I just got a contract for the summer at Surflight. Right. I'm happy for him. Of course. Uh, I mean, anybody who gets a long-term contract for the whole summer Absolutely. and he's acting, which is his real passion. We so can, right? You can't get upset about that. Yeah. So when I started out in this business, the greatest piece of advice that I ever received to all the singers out there who are watching is have at least five people who know your show so you're mm -hmm. never stuck. Right. And uh, it was the uh, KT Sullivan told me that, and yep. it was the greatest piece of advice. Yeah. So that night, you find out that your regular musical director is not able to go on. Did you get upset about that at that time, or did you just go with the flow? No, no, I was used to it because, as you say, like in, we all know sometimes we get called to do something that's going to be 10 times the money or that's going to last a longer time or make, make a bigger deal or get you in a union, that kind of thing. There are all kinds of reasons that sometimes you have to, to put specific things 
aside or, or, or leave them in order to, to take something else. And it is never any offense to, to the person involved. So um, I will also say that I have very high standards for pianists. Um, so uh, I went through a lot of them and there are some extraordinary ones that I was very fortunate to play with. Um, and, you know, Scott Trout, of course, before 88. So oh, my God, yes. One yeah. of my friends and my wonderful, wonderful pianist for, for so many of my shows. And and, uh, uh, and then at 88, Paul Chamlin, uh, um, uh, Joel Silberman. I mean, just these extraordinary world-class musicians. Um, but Fred, Fred showed up and he wanted to do it. I mean, we had so much fun. And we are unique in in the sort of things that we know and we do. We just we just sort of sync each other's thoughts and hear each other's music. And and uh, you know, I hear arrangements in my head, and he'll play them, and and he'll hear arrangements, and he'll play them for me. And I'll say, you know, it's just it's so so symbiotic. And, wow, that's great. Uh, just yeah. a rare and wonderful thing. Well, I'm going to bring on our next guest in just a moment, but you get to choose your mystery question, so it's either one or two now. Okay. One or two. Um, let's go with two. And your question is, oh, well, um, I'm going to make this uh, specific to uh, this. Describe your worst gig ever. <laughs> oh, goodness. I was singing with a big band in Florida. I mean, I could probably think about this and come up with other ones, but I was singing with a big band in Florida for a while. And this was an outdoor gig in the summer. Uh, and it was outrageously hot and humid. I don't do heat. Anything over like 65, I'm not that happy. If you're getting up into the 80s and 90s, my brain shuts off. I'm pouring with perspiration. And I just feel ill physically. Ill. And sometimes end up in the emergency room. I have like a serious heat. So that was that was almost certainly the worst. The worst. Wow. Well, well, I July fifth years ago, I was performing at Helen's at Supper Club on Eighth uh, Avenue and Eighteenth uh, Street, and uh, and I passed out on stage. Uh, I finished the song and I hit the floor, and the audience was so crazy because they thought it was they thought I was doing a pat fall. Right. I'm down like a ton of bricks. So these things happen. But I am so excited to bring on our next guest. May I just mention that Fred and I are doing uh, a, not only the Pangea uh, regular gigs, um, wait till the five uh, This is New York. Yeah. Um, in addition, we have the CD, A Wrinkle in Swing Time. Hard copies are available still. But it's also on all the streams. Will you be services. selling them on Tuesday night? Absolutely. Oh, good, good, good. And good. they are and they are streaming on Apple Music and Prime and everything else, Spotify, whatever. Everybody but, show up. They may even allow me to get up and do a number. Abs oh my God. <laughs> if, you, if you think you're getting out without doing a number, ah, I love it. You I got another thing coming. So we're doing the next Tuesday, and yes, a bunch of fantastic people from the old days are coming, yourself included. Yay. And then we're switching to Fridays, two Fridays in July, and Friday the 28th of July, we're doing a nine piece band 
gig at 54 Below with the great uh, Broadway's Karen Murphy and myself and Fred and nine of, of Broadway's very best musicians. Well, um, so we'd one. love to have you come out to 54 Below too. Um, and then we're switching, we're continuing the, they're calling it residency uh, at Pangea. When did that become a term? Because I don't remember that ever being a term before, like after the pandemic. I, mean, I know, I know. I know. It was a medical school term. Well, uh, if you can get all the information to me, I will make sure that all that information Thank is you, on the love. YouTube channel. But speaking of 54 Below, this young guest that we're about to bring on, look at the, uh, Lonnie Ackerman, Christine Andreas, DJ Jemin Bartlett, Jim Brochu, Lori Tanjin, Jose de Guzman, Judy Kay, Karen Mason, Terry Ralston, Tom Sessa, Steven Skybow, Charles Kirsch, uh, and Michael Levine, all on the same stage. And he is all of, how old are you, Charles? I'm 15 years old. 15 years <laughs> young. <laughs> Hi. Uh, Hi, Richard. I, I love this guy so much. I am such a fan of his. And he just did something that uh, he just, first of all, two major accomplishments. He has a phenomenal podcast. If you don't all know it, uh, look it up. It's called Backstage Babble. He has interviewed everybody in the business. Uh, just incredible interviews. And he is now celebrating his 150th episode with Carol Burnett. I mean, Charles, I've been trying, Amazing. To, I've Amazing. Been trying to get that interview for years. How did it happen? Oh, yes. Well, it was just uh, sort of, I wrote to her publicist asking for an interview. And since I think her 90th birthday had just happened, she's been doing a lot of interviews. And I was so honored that she gave one to me because I've been a fan of hers for a long time. Well, uh, Charles, I, I mean, Saturday night viewing, and I'm sure Lois and Elena will tell you, that was what we did. I mean, we didn't, nobody <laughs> left their homes on Saturday night. Everybody was home watching Carol Burnett. Um, we're all going to go and listen to the interview. But was there anything that you learned uh, interviewing her that you didn't already know that really surprised you? Yes, yes. I mean, I think the things that surprised me most were some of her recent stories, including the fact that she said that CBS, where the Carol Burnett show, of course, aired, actually turned down the opportunity Yay. to do her 90th birthday special. And on a similar kind of note, the fact that the Schuberts um, turned down her campaign to rename the Majestic Theater after Hal Prince, which I think both of those seem incredibly like not only coming from her but just great ideas on their own and I was surprised that those things turned out that way but she said that she's still pursuing the idea of having a theater named after Hal Prince even if it's not the Majestic and I hope that does happen. Well you know it's very interesting because um and I and I'm glad that you brought that up because mm -hmm. I had been saying for a long long time you know I um had the good fortune I'm gonna uh, drop a name. Uh, another, another, yeah. another Carol. Another Carol. My dear friend Carol Channing. For twenty years, I campaigned to get her a Kennedy Center honor. Twenty years, and wow. for twenty years, I was turned down. I would get a letter saying, "Not this year. Not this year. Not this year." For twenty years, I campaigned to get her uh, that honor. And it was a big regret that it never happened. Uh, and the fact that, and this really encapsulates show business on a major scale, that Carol Burnett 
made so, and I hope you're watching this, Carol, so much money for CBS uh, over the years and employed so many people uh, week after week after week for 11 solid years. And that doesn't include the specials that she did in addition to the TV series. And the fact that uh, CBS turned her down, yeah. uh, uh, you know, and it's amazing. And it's also short-sightedness. You know, a few years ago, uh, Tommy Toon, 10-time Tony Award winner, uh, is getting the Lifetime Achievement Award at the Tony Awards. And they were going to give him his award prior to the Tony Awards and not as part of the broadcast. Uh -huh. And I started a letter writing and a, a, a petition campaign. And we won on that. And we were able, he got his uh, award presented with a musical tribute. Uh, uh, and, uh, so, you know, keep hanging in there. And Charles, I believe if you are at the forefront, uh, waving a banner, uh, you uh, don't give up on the Majestic Theater being named uh, in How Prince's Honor, because it should happen. Oh, yes. And that's so wonderful that you did that for both Tommy Toon and Carol Channing. They must have been so appreciative. And well, the night of the Tony Awards, I was invited to the after party at the Carlisle with Tony, uh, Tommy. So that was that was thrilling. Um, so you've interviewed so many people, and you and we've talked about this before. So we won't rehash old things. People can go back and look at our previous interviews. Uh, but um, the enthusiasm that you have for this business is it getting stronger as you go on? And who are your holy grail interviews that you're going to go after? It really is. It is only getting stronger and stronger as I think I learn more and I get to meet all kinds of new people who I always enjoy meeting and talking to and learning about their lives. Um, in terms of Holy Grail interviews, Tommy Toon is actually one of the ones that's right up there and has been since the beginning. Um, others, of course, Bernadette Peters. Um, I've become interested in theater direction sort of as a path as an adult and so pretty much any theater director is high on my list. I just got the chance to talk to Casey Nicola which was very exciting who just won the Tony but others like Jack O'Brien and Scott Ellis and all of those those I think are the top of my list right now and no. who are some of yours? Who are uh, uh, well uh, my my Vicky and uh, we'll wrestle over this one uh, <laughs> is Barbara Streisand. Uh, her memoir is coming out uh, on my grandmother's birthday, so I'm hoping she's up there pulling strings. Uh, and that's the biggie for me. And uh, all the people around her are rooting for me. So that's a good thing. So that's the one that I really uh, want. But I, I want to, you know, go in another direction right now. Today, uh, it was, you know, we found out uh, that Sheldon Harnick uh, has uh, left us, yes. uh, although he hasn't left us because his spirit, his music, everything will always be very uh, present with us. Um, you did interview Sheldon Harnick, am I correct? Or did you not? No, I never got to interview him, but I did get to meet him twice at these CD signings that the Barnes & Noble that used to be open. <laughs> yes, there's a photo of the one for Fiddler on the Roof. Yes, and Danny, our dear uh, Danny Burstyn there. So, uh, and uh, how old were you here? Um, I guess if that was 2015, I would have been eight. Eight there. And I mean, even then, though, I was a huge Sheldon Harnick fan. And She Loves Me was and still is, I think, my favorite Broadway musical. Wow. 
uh, one of my favorites as well. And when uh, Danny and I got married, uh, Sheldon Harnick wrote special lyrics to Sunrise Sunset for our wedding. Uh, so uh, we've got that connection with him. And uh, so I will always be uh, grateful for that. So uh, tell us about your upcoming show at 54 Below. I was there last year and God willing, I will be there again this year because it's such a fun night, Charles. Yes, I hope you will. Thank you. Well, I'm so excited for it. We're um, this Saturday, we're starting rehearsals with these amazing performers. And there are lots of both songs that you know, and songs that you don't know, there are lots of rarities in this particular show. The theme of both nights, both the one in September and the one now, is to have these performers recreate songs that they performed either on Broadway or in previous shows, because what I try to do with my podcast is celebrate history. And I think one of the ways to do that is by sort of recreating it. So we have, um, for instance, DJ Man Bartlett is going to sing The Miller's Son, which she originated in A Little Night Music. And actually this hasn't yet been announced, but it was just confirmed today that Ken Jennings is going to sing Not While I'm Around from Sweeney Todd which wow. she originated. And then at the same time, we also have some very rare songs like um, Stephen Skybell is going to sing from this rare Cy Coleman show that he did some demos of called The Great Ostrovsky. And I wouldn't be surprised if most people don't know it, but I'm excited to be able to present a song from that. And let's see, what are the some of the other more obscure ones? Well, um, Lonnie Ackerman is singing a song called Men from So Long 174th Street, the musical of Enter Laughing that she did that didn't run as long as it should have. And I can't wait for it. I'm just, I, I'm so excited about all of this. Um, I have to ask you, and then we're going to uh, have a little fun with everybody uh, talking about the creative process. Um, what is your life like in school? Uh, and you have such, um, as my grandmother used to say about myself when I was your age, uh, she said, Ricky, you have an old soul because I gravitated to those performers that had come before me because I always felt that we glean and we learn from those that have come before me. How do your friends and uh, your uh, peers in school respond to all of this? Right. Well, thank you for asking. Yeah. I mean, I'm lucky to go to Hunter on the Upper East Side right near me, which is a school full of lots of kids who have kind of special interests and are very passionate about them. So it's not treated as sort of strange in that way as it might be at another school. I mean, I haven't yet met anyone at my school who's quite as passionate about these older performers as I am, but I have been lucky to find other kids who like seeing Broadway shows and are very knowledgeable and I enjoy the opportunity to go with them when I can. And my closest friends, some of them actually listen to my podcast, which is very nice and are very supportive in sort of hearing about it, even if they don't quite, quite share in it. Well, that's, that's wonderful. And that's, that's what this is business is all about. So there's one question left and I'm going to ask you. Um, and it says, What's something that you learned about yourself in the last three months? Hmm, something that I learned in the last three months. Well, actually, this could be an opportunity to do something relating to school. Um, school just finished for me on Wednesday, and I had finals in many of my subjects that I sort of procrastinated studying for, and I was very worried up until the last minute. Did you have something else on your mind at that time? <laughs> Right. Well, I didn't sort of prepare quite as much as I should have. And I was very worried that 
I wouldn't really be able to do well on them. But I sort of set my mind to it very intensely over the last weekend right before it and over the nights right before it. And I sort of learned that if you try hard enough in the sort of time you're given, you can learn what you need to and be as prepared as you need to be. That's wonderful. And many of us have done that, Charles. I'll just say, you know, <laughs> yes. we've all done that. So I, I, you know, I read a lot of books and I cannot wait to get uh, Lois's uh, uh, latest edition of Courage to Sparkle. I read a lot of books about the creative process uh, and, uh, and positivity. And, uh, and, I've, uh, and I combine and I put these questions together and they're just random questions um, about the creative process. And uh, we're just going to have a little fun with each other and uh, find out where you all are on your creative path. And the first question is for you, Lois. And it says, uh, what have you discovered about yourself through the work that you do? And you're muted. He's still here. I am because I think I was responsible for that siren in the background. So I didn't want to be, you know what I realized? um, I have a very quick brain. I have a quick mind, like I'm sure all of us uh, creatives. And sometimes I find that I get distracted easily and I find it frustrating. And what really occurred to me the other day is that same mind that I get frustrated by that can get distracted because I ideate is the same mind that is an ideation, you know, warehouse. And that I cannot, I, you know, you don't get one without the other. Then I can celebrate that mind that goes so fast, that makes all these connections with seemingly disparate ways when it benefits me, but then kind of judge it when it doesn't support me. So I think what's important for me is to celebrate the complexity of who we are. You know, the parts that go into light and the parts that go into shadow. And they're all part of our humanity and not to just segment, oh, I don't like that part, but I like this part. So I think that's what I've really come to see about myself, to appreciate all of the messiness um, and the magic that is life in myself. I love that. And I love the word, the magic that you... uh, And um, uh, Charles, how would you describe uh, the best teacher that you've had in terms of the work that you're doing. And I'm gonna talk about the podcast work that you're doing. Uh, Who have you learned from? Who have you gleaned uh, information from in terms of the work that you do? Who do you feel that you've learned uh, from the best? Wow, well, that's a very sort of complicated question for me because I have been lucky to have so many different mentors. I mean, part of it is just the interviews that I've learned by watching like you and like many of the other theater podcasts that I've listened to. But I think the two that make the most sense to say right now are um, Peter Felicia, who I met when I was very, very young after having written a book review, review of one of his books for a class project. And my mom had sent it to him through Facebook and he arranged to meet with us and we've become very close friends ever since. And he was so generous and has been so generous ever since I started my podcast and helping me with tips and finding guests and all of that. And then the other person is Rob W. Schneider, who I know you know too, who is a podcaster himself. So he was able to sort of, and is able to walk me through sort of a lot of the technical stuff about like producing, promoting, getting guests and all of that, in addition to giving me so many great opportunities, like the chance to co-host with him at 54 Below and all of that. So I feel very lucky to have both of them. 
That's great. And by the way, uh, Peter, happy birthday. I know it's your birthday yes. week. Uh, so he just had a birthday. Um, so Elena, what's the main purpose? Um, are you good at uh, your marketing aspect of the business? Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and I want to know how you put it together with social media. Gosh, Richard, I wish I were better. Um, that's just, and I'm working on it, but it really isn't my forte. And there are people who are so good at it. And perhaps that's a little daunting because I feel if I cannot be world-class at something the way I am at singing, modesty aside, um, I would rather have somebody else do it. And of course that's not free and everyone's busy and, uh, I've never been, I, it's, maybe it's a Yankee thing, a New England thing, very hard to self-promote. Um, I just, it's, I just want to get there and I want to sing to you. I mean, I just no. don't, I'm a terrible. No. I, I truly miss what our world and our lives were like. I mean, thank God we can do this. I love doing this. Me too. I know Charles loves doing this. But I really miss what our lives were like before social media. Me too. Me too, Richard. However, aren't you glad that no, but not everybody had cameras back then? <laughs> <laughs> there may be some I mean, photographs circulating out there that I'd like to uh, be careful about. Um, so, uh, Lois, the question for you is, what is getting too little of your time when it comes to your career? Can you say? Can you say that again? What well, is getting too little of your time when it comes to your mm. career? What's getting too little of my time from my career? Thank you. That is a fabulous question. I I feel like I would like to spend more time. I have these loicisms, which stands for lessons, opportunities, insights, and solutions, I and I have four hundred of them. Wow. And I've been wanting to do a loicism a day to create the courage to sparkle. It would be like a day. I'm going to truncate it and have it be 90 days, but I would like. I got an idea. I got an idea. Okay. You and I are going to talk. You're going to talk. But um, I, you know, like these cards that I have these question cards on, there's yeah. a company called Best Self. You know them? No, I don't. You've got to learn this. And I think that you should come up with 365 days of your cards and have a different card for each day of the, uh, of the year. I love And then, then people just pick them randomly. It's, I, I have uh, another box of these called Core Values. And I pull a different value each day. I love that. Yes. I I love that for so many different reasons, but yeah. I often sometimes I'm an overthinker and when you pick it pull the cards randomly, uh you are just letting the universe intervene. That's right. And Absolutely. you don't have to worry so much about the sequential piece. That I think the overthinker part, I'm just such a chronic Virgo. <laughs> um and I love that. We will definitely have to talk amongst many other topics. No, that's great. Yeah. Um, so Charles, um, in your career, in this long career that you've had, <laughs> um, what is getting too much of your time? Hmm. That's a good question. What is getting too much of my time? You know, in a way, I feel like it might be to sort of go off of Elena's question too. In a way, it might be doing that self-promotion and sort of like, 
checking social media and using social media and all of that because I do find that it's extremely helpful and especially being young it can be harder since I'm not really like it's that established it can be hard to get people to come to or go to things I do just based on sort of what they are unless I kind of directly reach out if that makes sense I've been lucky to find people who have but it's a necessary part definitely of what I do because when you think about it there are so many podcasts out there and 54 below has like 700 shows a year and it's hard to get people to come to them so i do spend a lot of time especially right when i'm about to do something like this with posting and getting other people to post and sort of sending out a press release and all of that and i do sometimes feel as if maybe i'm spending too much time on it but at the same time i might not be because i don't I, it's not that I feel that it's unhelpful. I just feel that it might be taking up a little too much of my time. Wow. Do you still have concerns about people showing up with the lineup that you have? Yes. I mean, I do definitely get anxious about that. I mean, we're about something like half sold so far, and I'm sure it will end up selling well, well as well. But, today. but I still definitely feel the kind of pressure to make sure that people will come. Well, I'm going to be there, so it's going to happen. Uh, Elena, yes, what uh, thing in your career, um, besides Fred Barton, uh, do you feel has had the greatest impact on your career? What, say it again? What person, place, or thing in your career do you feel has had the greatest impact on your career, besides Fred Barton? I'm going to say the piano bars in the 90s, um, which is where I met Fred Barton at 88s in particular, uh, owned by Rochelle Selden, Karen Miller, and Irv Rabel. Um, without without 88s, I would not have met Fred. I would not have met Albert Haig. I would not have met you know Julie Wilson, uh, Mary Rogers, all all these fantastic, wonderful people. Elizabeth Montgomery, Phyllis Dillard. You know, obviously Liza already knew, but uh, it's just all these people who would come in and and hang out and and just have fun doing, you know, doing stuff. And, uh, and just, it was amazing. It was just absolutely amazing. Um, and the whole show on that, uh, you know, Michael and I have talked, uh, talked about this and, um, Mark Allen, you know, has been on the show and we talked about what those days one were favorite like. people in, the, in the world. It was just, it was, it was very different from what the piano bar scene is today. It it is. It was. And I and I didn't feel I mean, I, you know, as an entertainer, I feel that most I of what I learned was walking in Karen uh, Miller uh, just saying, Richard, come up to a number right. and up in front of a crowd that was not expecting me to get up. Right. Not, they were not there to see me. And right. if you can win those people over, you know, that you can do anything pretty much in this. Business. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and it's, I really miss that aspect of it. Yeah. So we're going to do one more round, of, and then we're gonna, I'm going to give each of you a chance to do your final word, and I'll talk about that in a moment. So, Lois, um, when did you know that you desired to pursue the career path that you're on now? Oh, that's a really great question. Well, you know, I started out, obviously, in the theater, solo one-woman shows, stand-up comedy, arts and education, um, singing cabarets. And um, I was doing a set with Jon Stewart, actually, mm. a comedian. And I was on Who's On First? 
the, the comedians joke that it was called Who's on Fire because it did go on fire. Typical sardonic comic wit. And I remember uh, somebody came up to me, a woman, and she said, you're really funny, but what's really important is I learned from your comedy. I, I saw a pattern of dysfunction with the men that I attract and a pattern. And even though you made it funny, I'm going to go home and break up with that guy. I now have the courage to do that. Thank you for making me change with your comedy. And I remember John Stewart and maybe it wasn't John Stewart. It was some of the peanut gallery in the back were laughing. They were like, oh, 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 kiss of death. She didn't say you were funny. She, they're supposed to laugh. And I said, I'm more interested in people learning from what I say. The laughter will come. Mm-hmm. And that was my seed to tell me. And I don't think it was John Stewart who was particularly snarky. I'm sorry for my siren in the background, but it's obviously very urgent what I'm saying. Um, but that was my message. That was a divine dime download that it wasn't about laughter, just for laughter. It was for laughter for healing, for learning. And as a motivational speaker, I integrate that laughter, but wisdom in it. And I knew at that moment that stand-up wasn't the venue for me. It was using laughter to teach, to learn, to heal. So anyway. That's, That's great. And, uh, uh, Charles, uh, <laughs> what's your favorite childhood book? My favorite childhood book? Wow. Um, that's a good question. Well, I would say there are two. I'll, I'll answer two for that. Um, one is the series of books by an author named Noel Shretfield. Do you, have you ever heard the name? I don't think so. Um, she writes, I actually have some of them right nearby. She writes these books called blank shoes it's like a shoes series and many of them are sort of tangentially related to theatrical subjects like there's circus shoes there's ballet shoes and they're these very charming books from a long time ago about just sort of life and they're funny and sweet and so that's one and then the other is the soup books which I'm forgetting now who wrote them but they're you're talking about the chicken soul uh, soup for the soul books Oh, no, that's actually not what I meant. Um, It's this other series about this boy named Soup who sort of gets into all all these misadventures. And it's, again, there are many, many of these books called different, like, Soup and Love, stuff like that. And they're very funny. So I think those are my two favorite childhood. Oh, good. I'm going to look those up. Um, Elena, what is one activity that you are naturally drawn to and uh, and did you spend five minutes today doing that activity? Hmm. I, I, hmm. I mean, you may notice that somebody's very interested in what we're doing. And <laughs> this is one of my girls. This is Ives. And she, uh, she certainly likes to... to uh, I'm passionate about animals, um, so I make sure to to spend a good deal of time with them. Uh, I also, speaking of childhood books and Kay Thompson and Pink. 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 Here we go, a favorite childhood book. And then, of course, great movie actresses. Uh, Pink. Um, So, um, current events, things like that, I probably spend more than way too much time reading the news until I get frustrated. Well, 
Tonight, I'm going to go and see Sean Patrick Murtaugh. He's going, oh. to be, uh, he's going to be uh, appearing tonight at the Laurie Beachman. So if any of you out there uh, are in the city tonight and want to join us, please do. Uh, this, this is his last, uh, I don't want to use the word last. This is his final performance for now. Uh, because, uh, you know, some time ago, he was talking about his uh, boyfriend. Uh, and the fact that his boyfriend was on the West Coast and he was here. And I said, when are you two just going to get together, you know, and make it happen? And he said, when I said that to him, I sparked something. Dolly Levi and me. Uh, so he is moving to L.A. Uh, to start a new life. So he is going to be wrapping up his time here in New York. And he's given us so much pleasure in here. And there's not I mean, I love to entertain. Anybody who knows me knows that about me. But there is nothing for me like the excitement of being in an audience and being entertained by a great entertainer like Elena, uh, Lois, Charles, seeing your shows. It, you know, it's just so much uh, excitement for me when I can learn from them and be entertained by them. Uh, Carol Channing said there are entertainers and there are performers. And an entertainer is always focused on the audience. And that, to me, is what wins me over every time. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to seeing him tonight. Tomorrow, by the way, is Summer's Giving. And uh, it's the first Saturday after the summer solstice. And get your friends together and celebrate uh, friends in your life. It's like a Thanksgiving in the summer. Um, do something outdoors. I think it's going to be raining tomorrow, but do that. It's also happy pride. So celebrate the pride within yourself, no matter who that is. Uh, what, uh, whatever you believe, uh, live your authentic selves. And as long as you're living your authentic selves, take pride in that. Everybody, uh, always. Um, I'm going to give each of you a chance to have your final word. Uh, it could be about anything that we spoke about today that you would like to build upon. It could be anything that we didn't talk about that you wish we had, or just any final uh, message that you want to leave everybody with today. I'm going to start with you, Lois, and then when you finish, you'll pick the next person and so on. And then we're going to end today uh, with a clip from my wedding. Uh, this is uh, the wonderful Jana Robbins. Uh, she sang Sunrise, Sunset at our wedding uh, when Sheldon Harnick, uh, Joshua Ellis, who officiated our wedding, reached out to Sheldon Harnick. And Danny and I were one of the first 100 couples to get married in the state of New York. And he said, the wedding song of all time, of course, is Sunrise, Sunset. And what is Fiddler on the Roof really about? It's about tradition. It's about traditions changing and everything. So when he reached out to Sheldon Harnick and Sheldon Harnick said yes, and reached out and he gave us a gift that we will take with us for eternity and beyond. Um, Sheldon Harnick was or was about to turn, Charles will correct me on this, at 99. So Carol Channing was uh, 99 when she passed away. Uh, Carol Cook was 99 when she passed away. Um, I cannot grieve their passing because I look at the gifts that they've left all of us, the gifts that will last not only now, but forever and ever and ever. Everybody can go and pop in. Uh, she loves me tonight. And there are many versions of she loves me to choose from. Not only that, Fiddler on the Roof. How many versions of Fiddler on the Roof do we have to celebrate? And Sheldon Harnick gave us that. So Sheldon, I raise a glass to you. 
I end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Pick up the phone and call someone that you have not spoken to in a long time. Lois, Charles, and Elena, I want you to do the same thing. Pick up the phone, not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, a phone call, and then report back to me and let me know how it goes. When you tell someone that they've made a difference in your life, you're making a difference in their life and you will make their day. Trust me when I tell you this. And it's very important that we do this now. There was an outpouring of love. I saw the photographs. I saw everything pop up all over Facebook today, uh, celebrating Sheldon Harnick. We should celebrate Sheldon Harnick every day. I have a dear friend. He says, we're all in the same storm, but we're in different size boats. And I always say, I don't care what size boat you're on, as long as you have a skipper by your side. And with that, I'm going to leave. And Lois, I'm turning it over to you. It's all yours. Thank you. Well, one word is a little hard for me. Can I do two? You can do more than Okay. Uh, beautifully honest. That honesty and kindness are good dance partners. They don't step on each other's feet, and they don't have two left feet. That's my closing bon mot. That's great. And so well, which of us would you want to go next? Did Richard disappear? Yes, I think he's leaving it to us for the... Yes, because then I think we're going to segue to his wedding, I hope. Ah, got it. What was the directive? Uh, I think well, the just... directive was for Lois to pick either Elena or Charles to speak. I'm oh, here. I didn't follow my directions. Okay, Elena, you were All saying. Right. Um, you said one word, and Richard sort of intimated that, no, I, we could do as many words as we like. Yeah. We'll try to keep it short. Um, do... Do theater or music or writing or directing projects that you believe in with all your heart and that you love. Don't just take don't just take work because it's money. If it's if it's in your field that you adore. Um, now that's easy enough to say, and sometimes people aren't able to do that. But I personally would rather work at something that's not precious to me then take work in my field that is precious to me that I don't believe in. I'm not as good with it because I don't believe in it. So right. primarily I sing only songs that I absolutely love. Um, and I do, I act in shows that I absolutely love. And that's that. <laughs> uh, love it. You obviously love what you do, Charles. So I think that's wonderful. Do. I do. Nice to meet you. you finally. Yes, you too. I was so glad when I saw that you were doing this. Well, so I just want to use my last words platform to say, well, thank you so much, Richard, for having me on and giving me the chance to meet all these people every time I do a Friday wrap up. I always have so much fun with you. And um, come see Backstage Babble Live at 54 Below on July 17th. And if you can't make it, there will also be a live stream. So hopefully some people can watch that way. And I want to share this little photo that was signed by Sheldon Harnick to me, which I felt very lucky to have. This was all thanks to my friend, um, Ken Bloom, who some of you may know, who is, who was and is working on a book of the complete lyrics of Sheldon Harnick, which I hope that we're all going to get a chance to read soon. So thank you for that. Thank you, Richard. And now here's Sunrise Sunset.
What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.